This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. It definitely is a fun time to be doing a Minnesota sports-themed podcast. We've been going strong for about two years with the Scoop Podcast, now up to 140 episodes, but never have we seen the local teams have success like they are right now. You think about the last calendar year, the Lynx winning a championship, the Twins making the playoffs, the Vikings making the playoffs, the Wolves making the playoffs. The Wild making the playoffs, certainly momentum with P.J. Fleck and the Gophers, even though year one, or according to him, year zero, however he terms it, didn't maybe go as fully planned, but certainly there's enough recruiting momentum. There is enough evidence to suggest that Fleck will eventually win here, at least get this program back to a Jerry Kill-like level of respectability. Yes, the Gophers men's basketball program is down, but now there's buzz with the Gophers women's basketball program hiring Lindsey Whalen. So definitely fun, fun times. We'll get to a bunch of notes here on Scoop Podcast episode 140, then toward the end. I'll do it a bit differently than in recent episodes. I'll go interviews at the end. Typically, I go interviews at the beginning. I'll catch up with Lindsey Whalen and Joe Schmidt, my colleague, my good friend from 5 Eyewitness News, got the first on-camera interview with wild defenseman Ryan Suter. He recently underwent a very serious surgery, so we'll have Joe catch up with Suter at the very end of this podcast. The Scoop is brought to you by Seltz Craft House in Apple Valley for the best combination of craft beer, handcrafted cocktails, and authentic Irish food in the South Metro. You need to check out Seltz Craft House in Apple Valley. Who doesn't love some fish and chips? I guess my wife. She's allergic to fish. But hey, I certainly eat enough fish for the two of us combined. Then you think about bangers and mash, shepherd's pie, or their signature corned beef and cabbage that is made fresh daily. Plus all the great pub grub you love. They have great daily and lunch specials. Plus they have happy hour from 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock, then 8 o'clock to close, then all day on Sunday. So again, think about that happy hour, 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock, then 8 o'clock until close, then all day Sunday. So the specials are there to be had. Be sure to follow Seltz on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for news, updates, and promotions. It is Seltz Craft House in Apple Valley. Hopefully we will record a scoop podcast there in the near future. Just so much going on with the wild Wolves, the NFL draft starting next week. Heck, the Twins are finally getting to play some baseball again. So, so much going on. But when the schedule eases up just a bit, the plan is to record a scoop podcast at Celts. Let me begin with the Gophers men's basketball program. There is buzz that they are losing another key member of their staff, strength coach Sean Brown. You think about the work he did year one with Mo Walker and just the shape that these guys have gotten in, especially this time of the year with offseason workouts underway. He is so busy with the players this time of the year. The buzz is that Sean has talked to West Virginia. There is momentum that Sean Brown, one of Patino's right-hand men, is contemplating leaving for West Virginia. So you think about losing Ben Johnson on the coaching staff. You lose Kamani Young on the coaching staff. Now, Rob Jeter is a good hire. I talked about in episode 139 all the feedback I've gotten from people in town and out of town that know Rob. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on Rob Jeter, the former Wisconsin-Milwaukee coach, who takes Kamani Young's spot. But then you lose, potentially lose, it's not official yet, 
but the potential of losing your strength coach on top of losing two assistant coaches, just not good right now with the Gophers men's basketball program. Patino has told folks he will take his time to fill the Ben Johnson vacant position. I am told that Kyle Green of Northern Iowa is one coach that Patino has pursued, but Green is not coming here. He is not leaving Northern Iowa for Minnesota. I know Joey King, former Gophers men's basketball player, has some interest in the job. I just don't know if he's ready to be an assistant. Now, Ryan Livingston, director of operations, is certainly capable of being elevated. Would you consider hiring King to be the director of operations, then elevating Livingston? That remains to be seen. I still think he'll end up hiring somebody with Livingston remaining his director of operations. Also, Hampton assistant Daryl Sharp remains interested in the job, but the word is Patino will not go in that direction. On the Gophers men's basketball recruiting front, Peyton Willis of Vanderbilt is expected to get a visit from the Gophers or visit campus in the very near future. I do think the Gophers have a realistic chance to land the Vanderbilt transfer, but the issue is he is not a graduate transfer, so he would have to sit out next season. Recruit Trey McGowans was on campus. His flight got delayed, but he made it to campus on Sunday night. He is a point guard from a military academy out east. He could reclassify to the class of 2018. Ideally, that's what the Gophers would love. Or he could be in the class of 2019. The signs right now point to him being in the class of 2019. He also just got an offer from Pittsburgh. JucoRecruiting.com has the scoop on this kid. Danya Kingsby, Southern Idaho 6-1 guard. JucoRecruiting.com says the Gophers will be in on Tuesday. So pretty much when we are recording this. On Prentice Nixon, the Colorado State transfer, the Gophers have backed off of their interest in him. The word is he's more a mid-major, not a high-major player. So if the Gophers really wanted him, I'm sure they could get him, but they are backing away from interest in Nixon. Richard Patino expected at Rochester John Marshall High School on Wednesday morning to once again see star junior Matthew Hurt. Here is the latest on Hurt. Steve Alford, UCLA coach, was in earlier this week. Penny Hardaway and Mike Miller from Memphis in on Tuesday. I mentioned Patino in on Wednesday morning. Then Travis Steele and Ben Johnson, the new Xavier lead assistant, in to see Hurt on Wednesday afternoon. Back to the Gophers going after uh, graduate transfer Nick Norton, the point guard from Alabama-Birmingham, maybe combo guard, but more a point guard. He committed to Drake, so the Gophers never got that visit from him. They were trying to get a visit from him in May. Also on Hurt, Bill Self of Kansas, John Calipari of Kentucky, Roy Williams of North Carolina, and Mike Krzyzewski of Duke have been in town in the last couple weeks. Former Gophers assistant, new Xavier lead assistant Ben Johnson, wasting no time getting to work with the Minnesota kids, so he'll see Matthew Hurt of Rochester John Marshall this week. He will also see... Minnehaha Academy star sophomore Jalen Suggs and De La Salle junior guard Tyrell Terry, who personally, this is just my opinion, the Gophers are making a mistake not offering. I think an offer eventually comes, although maybe the landscape changes now that Johnson is gone, but I'm telling you, I think the Gophers have waited too long on Terry. I really like him. Also on Tyrell Terry, Iowa State has been in this week and Stanford will be in for a home visit. Continuing the recruiting theme, Zeke Najee Hopkins Jr. He will visit the Gophers on May 10th. Great guard of Wisconsin was at his house on Friday. Plus Baylor, Xavier, and Purdue have all called. Again, I mentioned Xavier, Ben Johnson. I'm telling you, Ben Johnson is going to have a nice impact on Xavier with at least one, if not multiple, Minnesota kids. Ben Carlson, sophomore from Eastridge 
had Stanford in earlier this week to see him. Courtney Brown from Eastridge had Colorado State in to see him earlier this week. Dawson Garcia, Zach Goring, my friend from Apple Valley, just raves about the Prior Lake big man sophomore. He got his first offer on Tuesday. He tweeted it out. It's from the University of Texas. That's a pretty darn good offer. Butler will offer soon is the buzz. Continuing the basketball theme, Kyle Washington from the University of Cincinnati. He played his high school basketball at Benilde St. Margaret's. I'm told he spent some time with the Utah Jazz at Portsmouth. By the way, the word is on the three guys with local ties, Washington, Nate Mason, and Zach Lofton, that all three were impressive at Portsmouth. And a reminder, a fourth guy with local ties, J.P. Makira, Lakeville North High School. Xavier got an invitation to go to Portsmouth, but he declined. Scoopage on the fly as we continue once again the basketball theme, Gophers women's basketball. The buzz is that Carly... Last name is T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T from Mississippi State. Carly Thibault, I don't know the pronunciation. I apologize for that. She's an assistant coach in Mississippi State. The word is Lindsay Whalen has all sorts of interest in luring her here, that there's a good chance that Carly will leave Mississippi State to join Lindsay Whalen's staff. By the way, I'll get to that conversation with Whalen at the end of this podcast. I know on Friday her phone was blowing up all sorts of interest from so many people in coaching with her, and, you know, we talked in episode 139 with Janelle McCarvel, one of Waylon's good friends. She admitted, hey, I'd have all sorts of interest in an assistant's job. I just think there's going to be so much interest from coaches with experience that it's going to be really, really hard for Janelle to be on Lindsay's staff. That's where Lindsay is going to have to tell people no. I mean, she's used to telling people yes. She's such a sweetheart. She's going to have to tell some people no because there is so much interest in joining her staff. But remember that name from Mississippi State, Carly, again, last name, T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T. The Vikings have planted seeds with Stephon Diggs' agent, with Daniil Hunter's agent, and with Anthony Barr's agent after completing the extension with Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendricks' deal, $10.5 million in the form of a signing bonus, about $25 million guaranteed, $50 million total over five years, and the numbers go up. So these first couple years, the cap hit is pretty minimal. So certainly a good deal for Kendricks. He's not quite at the Luke Keekley level, but he's at a pretty good level for middle linebackers, and it's a team-friendly deal the first couple of years for the Vikings. So Rob Brzezinski, Andy Deppner doing more good work massaging that cap, but I still think it will be difficult to retain Diggs, Hunter, and Barr. I think Kendricks, in fact, I'm positive, Kendricks was the easiest of the four to get done, but seeds have been planted on Kendricks. I mean, the seeds were planted a number of weeks ago, but in terms of wrapping up the negotiation, I'm told it was not a real lengthy negotiation, that it was pretty easy from both sides. A reminder before you start panicking, all guys will be here for the 2018 season. Where it gets dicey is after the season. The Vikings could use the franchise tag on one of the guys, and I definitely see them keeping at least one of those defensive players. They're not losing all three. In fact, I think if they lose any of them, it'll just be one. It won't be multiple, or at least they'll have at least two of those guys back for 2019. But in terms of 2018, when you think about all the talent the Vikings have coming off the NFC Championship run, those guys will all be here this upcoming year. On Nick Easton, he signed his tender on Monday. He did not get any interest. I think teams were scared off by having to give up a second-round pick. But when you think about Nick Easton, position flexibility, can play guard, can play center. The Vikings plan on having Nick around for a long time. So look for extension talks to pick up 
at some point. He's coming off the surgery from the end of last year. I'm told he is making good progress. All signs point to him being good to go by training camp. I'm just telling you, we don't pay a lot of attention to the guard spot, but the Vikings think the world of Nick Easton. I do see him here long-term. I'm a broken record. The Vikings remain interested in re-signing Terrence Newman, but they don't want him back at the same amount of money he made last year, which was approximately $2.5 million. So if Terrence is willing to take a little bit of a pay cut, maybe even maybe a little bit more than a little bit of a pay cut, the Vikings would have Terrence Newman back. And Newman, doing interviews on Radio Road during Super Bowl week, said he does plan on playing another season. Continuing the NFL theme, Rashid Hageman, former Atlanta Falcons second-round pick, went to Minneapolis Washburn High School, former gopher. He was cut last year by the Atlanta Falcons after some off-the-field issues. He is training in town with the Game Face guys. He is in phenomenal shape. We were at the gym the other day shooting a story with Jake Wenicky, and we ran into Rashid. He is in phenomenal shape. The word is the Seahawks have sniffed around on signing Hageman. He will land somewhere eventually. It might be closer to training camp. Or sometime after the draft, it won't be now, but some team will take a chance on Hageman. On Wenicky, the former Maple Grove High School wide receiver, South Dakota State wide receiver, I continue to hear that the Vikings don't quite have a draftable grade on him, but the Vikings would be all over signing him if he's an undrafted free agent. The 49ers and Saints are also showing a good amount of interest in Wenicky. Also on local guys, Frank Ragnow on Tuesday visiting the Carolina Panthers. He's been all over the place the month of April, visits with the Vikings, the Packers, the Bills. He spent some time with the Bengals, now the Panthers. He spent some time with the Rams. So Frank Ragnow generating all sorts of interest. He met formally with 23 teams at the Combine. I think the range for Ragnow is anywhere from like pick 22 to pick 60. Ideally, he goes late first round, but he may land in the second round, but he never gave up a sack at Arkansas from Chanhassen High School. Frank Ragnow, my opinion, is going to make some team incredibly happy. He can dunk a basketball, just a phenomenal athlete. The ankle is fully healed. Dr. Josh Sandell here in town has done phenomenal work with Ragnow. So I'm just telling you, if some team gets him in the second round, he is going to make them incredibly happy. J.C. Hassenauer from Eastridge High School worked out recently for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, former Alabama offensive lineman. He was their swing guy, did start in the national championship victory over Georgia. He can play center. He can play guard. Jack Sitchie from Hill Murray High School, Wisconsin Badgers linebacker, has visited both the Vikings and Packers. The Vikings are showing all sorts of interest in Sitchie. Here's a note on a player in a few years that will have a great chance to play in the NFL. He is Edina Junior Quinn Carroll. He has his final six. Pretty much every college in the country wanted Carroll, the left tackle. He just got done taking official visits to both Virginia Tech and Penn State. Up next this upcoming weekend is Notre Dame. And Notre Dame may be a tough beat, but he has spent so much time with the Gophers. If he ends up picking Notre Dame, it's not a slight on the Gophers. He thinks the world of P.J. Fleck. He really loves the culture with Minnesota. Minnesota is absolutely in the mix. I'm just telling you, though, Notre Dame will be a tough beat. On the Twins, I had the note on Twitter. So just a reminder to follow me on Twitter, DWolfs on KSTP. Had the scoop over the weekend that Ryan Lamar would be the Twins' 26th man for the series this week 
in Puerto Rico, but he will go back to Rochester thereafter. Still has to serve his 10-day buffer period. He got sent down, so you have to wait 10 days unless there's an injury to come back up. But with the rules playing a game outside the continental U.S., the Twins can add a position player, a 26th player. So the rules state that that could be Lamar, and it is Lamar. It'll be nice for the Twins to finally play baseball again this week, Tuesday and Wednesday in Puerto Rico against the Indians. Then this weekend against the Rays, Kevin Kiermeyer out many weeks for the Rays with a thumb injury. So the Twins will catch a break not having to deal with a good player this weekend in Kevin Kiermeyer. Signs do point to when the Twins need a fifth starter this upcoming weekend that it will be Phil Hughes. Also, it is amazing that the Twins already have as many postponements this year as they had all of Last year, when you think about the three games over the weekend, then a game earlier in the season, the three games this weekend with the snow against the White Sox, already four postponements for the Twins. But the Twins are well-positioned to play these doubleheaders later in the year. When you think about the starting rotation at Rochester, those guys are on the 40-man roster. You've got Mejia, you've got Sleegers, you've got Romero. So the Twins are well-positioned. They have really good pitching depth. A reminder that for full-fledged Twins analysis, Derek Wetmore of 1500ESPN.com and Phil Mackey do the Talking Twins podcast. They record a couple new podcasts at least each week. So I know as of Tuesday afternoon, they were recording another new one. Recently, they dissected Miguel Sano's issues at the plate. It's pretty much feast or famine with Sano. He'll strike out a lot. He'll hit the long ball. So Mackey, who has been knee-deep in baseball forever, same with Wetmore. Those guys know as much about the Twins as anybody in town. Yes, I'm biased, but I'm telling you, those guys have been in town covering the Twins for many, many years. They know everything there is to know about the Twins. They do that Talking Twins podcast available on Podcast One and Apple and 1500ESPN.com. So be sure to check that out. On the Wolves, signs point to Ryan Anderson being back for the Houston Rockets for Game 2. So you think about Anderson in the regular season shooting so well against the Wolves. The Wolves had that Game 1 there for the taking. They lost. Will the Rockets shoot as poorly as they did when thinking about Chris Paul, Trevor Ariza, and Eric Gordon, and P.J. Tucker? And then if they do have Ryan Anderson back on Wednesday night, ooh, not looking good. Hopefully the Wolves can at least find a way to salvage one game in this series, but it is possible that a week from Wednesday, a week from tomorrow, the Wolves season will be over. That is the date of Game 4. Then we wonder, is there the possibility of any sort of change? I had somebody prominent with the Wolves reach out to me recently just to say, hey, have you heard any buzz about Glenn Taylor removing the president's title from Tom Thibodeau? Hey, is Scott Layden potentially in trouble? I've checked, and I don't have that buzz right now, but things could happen quickly. I still think Tom Thibodeau is back next year with the title of President of Operations, and I do think that Scott Layden, his general manager, will be back. But if the Wolves do get swept, it will be interesting. Heck, I am paraphrasing, but you think about the quote that Glenn Taylor gave to the Star Tribune after the Wolves beat the Nuggets last week to qualify for the playoffs. It was something along the lines of, Thank God Tibbs won this game. It was something like that. So you never know with Glenn Taylor, but those guys make a ton of money. I don't see any sort of wild change. I mean, Tibbs is making $8 million a year. He just led them to 47 victories. They won 31 last year. You don't fire a coach after he goes plus 16 in the win column, but it is rare in this day and age of the NBA for a coach to have 
final say. You think about Doc Rivers having his power stripped away with the Clippers. Stan Van Gundy, there are rumors about him potentially being in trouble in Detroit. It is just so rare. So you just wonder if Glenn Taylor has been talking to some folks, wondering if it makes some sense to bring in a different president of operations. But again, I don't have any buzz. I've checked around with a number of people, and I've heard nothing to suggest that change is coming. But I'm just saying, because somebody reached out to me wondering if I've heard anything, I figured I would share that here on the Scoop Podcast. But by no means am I reporting anything. I'm just saying something to keep on our radars as we move into late next week, if in fact the Wolves are done after Game 4. On Gophers football, briefly, had a viewer, a Channel 5 viewer, call my phone on Monday. He was wondering why Mark Williams, the wide receiver, is no longer listed on the roster. I checked with the Gophers. He has decided to move on. Also on Gophers football, they did lose over the weekend. A quarterback, they had their fingerprints all over. They wanted the kid from Council Bluffs, Iowa, so badly. Max Duggan, but Duggan told the Gophers no. He told TCU yes. And just a reminder, before we get to Lindsey Whalen and Ryan Suter, you win some you lose some in recruiting pj flack has taken recruiting to another level he's not going to get every single kid he targets but he's going to get a good amount of kids that have other power five offers so don't be upset if they end up losing quinn carroll don't be upset because they lost max doug and i'm telling you pj flack and his staff can recruit in his words at an elite level all right, let's get to Lindsey Whalen, my one-on-one conversation with the new Gophers women's basketball coach. A reminder to support the sponsor of the Scoop Podcast, Seltz Craft House in Apple Valley. I'm just salivating thinking about some good fish and chips. They have good fish and chips. They have great happy hour specials. Happy hour is all day Sunday, 8 o'clock to close every night, 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock daily. So check out Seltz Craft House in Apple Valley. Here is my conversation with Lindsey Whalen. All right, let's just start with this, Lindsey. Has it hit you yet? I mean, it's been so much of a whirlwind. Has it hit you how how rare this opportunity is? I mean, you're not even close to 40 years old, and you are a Division One Power Six head coach. Yeah, when you say it like that, it really, uh, no, it definitely, it's, there's been some surreal moments. Let me tell you, there's definitely been some surreal, like, and, you know, I'm I'm the coach. Like, this is, like, the first time I was called coach. Um, it was, like, I think it was by Carl. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's me. Um, and so that was kind of like, you know, hit you in your face moment. But the things that you're just, like, that's what it is. But the first time, it's just, like, um, it's something that you're not, I mean, how can you really prepare for it? I mean, you can prepare for I can prepare for the job but how you know when you actually get it it's just like until you actually do it there's nothing that you know you just kind of have to go through it you have to go through the experience and so that's been that's been good and it's been fun it's nice to have a lot of good help and a lot of uh, people around to make sure that things are going smoothly well expand on that I mean who are some of the people that you've been leaning on yeah I mean yeah Mark and Julie have been great Carl and Garrett I mean it's just been really great to have um, the support staff just right off the bat Um, everybody really excited and welcoming and um, it was great I mean meeting the team having them be as excited as they were and as as you know passionate about the upcoming season as they were really made me feel really good because you know all this other you know responsibilities and things I I have to do but it's all about it's all about them and it's all about their the team and their experience and their their um, experience here at the U and um, going to class and getting their workouts in and 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 continue to work towards their degree that's what it's all about at this point so when I saw them so happy and so excited then that put me really at ease and then I was like okay I think I think this is going to be great because 
that's the joy of it is being around the team and being around each other and you know working towards a common goal uh, every day together is, is the fun part so that would be that should be great I mean certainly Ben too I mean this is not an individual decision this is a family decision how supportive has Ben been through this process? Yeah, yeah, I think he's he's been super excited. He's been really just um, uh, just um, just as excited as me, if not more. And so it's it's definitely a full like you know everybody you know helping and, and pitching in everybody because it is it's a huge undertaking. So uh, great thing we have great families and our families are close and um, we have a great support system. So um, but it is it's a it's a it's a family job. It's a lifestyle and it's and it's kind of just. Um, we we both went to the U. This is where we met, so it just feels pretty cool that we're both kind of coming um, now full circle back into really being a part of the U. And we've always been supporter supporters and come to games and and all those things. But now it's um, a whole new whole new level, of course. Take us through a rough timeline. I mean, you were kicking butt doing the broadcasting for Fox Sports North. I mean, you still have at least another year. Who knows, maybe longer of playing. I mean, when did this job? When did coaching? I mean, was it as soon as, like, late last week? Or, I mean, Marlene takes the Texas Tech job Monday or Sunday? I mean, did this thing just happen, snap of the fingers? Yeah, that part happened quick. I mean, I feel like coaching with um, – I feel like that part has been something I've thought about a lot more as the years have kind of gone on. And I think me and Ben have talked about it more seriously as the years have gone. But until there's the opportunity, you don't really know. And while I was, you know, playing and I really enjoyed broadcasting, that was a lot of fun. So uh, it was still – my favorite part was you know staying close to the game and being right there and being at, in the gym and watching players. So that part will be easy for me to translate to. Um, you know, obviously the basketball side of things is what I've always done. So, so yeah, that should be fun. That'll be. Uh, uh, I don't know. It just it it came up. It came up quick for sure this week because it's just you know flown by. Um, it's been a whirlwind, no doubt about it. But once it opened, it's like you know when you know when you would you ever have this opportunity again? So it's just like you don't know. So. Um, this is where I want to be for as long as I can, as long as I'm successful and and they'll have me and I'm doing um, you know a good job. This is where I want to be and I'll give it my best shot and I'll I'll try my hardest and then and then we'll just see. Am I right that the WNBA schedule is is condensed because of the the World Championship? Yeah, so, yeah, you're exactly I mean, you're right. You're playing some yep. back-to-backs. I mean, like July. How how are you going to navigate July? I mean, July is incredibly busy on the recruiting scene. How do you plan on navigating? This summer, but in particular July, which is about the busiest recruiting month. Yeah, yeah, staff is going to be huge, and teamwork is going to be really huge. And then we have a, I think we have about uh, eight or nine days because that's when the All Star Game, which is also here. Another cool thing about this summer um, is that this is going to be the, the hotbed for women's basketball. The fact that we're defending champs, we have the All Star Game here. It's going to be a really fun summer. Um, in the women's basketball world here, so um, but there's a nice break, and so there's some there's some days that that um, that I'll be able to really focus on 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 that, and not have practice even. But coach is so good about I'll be able to go to her, and you know we'll be able to talk things through this whole summer. We've already talked about it a lot, so um, she's been right there. She's I think she was once she she found out that I was in the running and uh and getting it i think she might have been just as happy as ben and uh, ben and i so it's really um i'm fortunate to be surrounded by such surrounded by such great people should be should be a fun summer i mean how much will you lean on cheryl i mean to me from a from a tactician standpoint she's as brilliant a coach as there is forget sex forget male female she's as brilliant a basketball mind as there is i mean is she going to be an incredible sounding board for you? Oh, she's going to be the best. And I mean, already. she already has been. Yeah. But, yeah, this summer it's going to be definitely – I know I can call her anytime too, next season, day or night. Um, you know, what do you think about this situation, that? It's going to be amazing. So I'm going to be around a world-class head coach all summer. 
So while I'll be busy and I'll be playing, um, our staff is going to be here and, and, and you know, putting the teams through practices and working on all those things. And, and I'm going to be training under one of the best coaches of all time. So I think it's really a, a great opportunity and really something that I want to take in as much from her this year as I can. Is it crazy to think that, that what, off-season workouts start on Monday? Mm-hmm. I think that's what Godiva told me. I mean, yeah. just like that, like you have the weekend and then all of a sudden, yeah. Monday, off-season workouts. Yeah, and I'm working out still. And you're, the because yes, we have course. training camp in two yes. weeks, so I'll be I'll be working out, and everybody's gonna be working out. It's just gonna be a lot of workouts, but um, yeah, I'll get over here next week as much as I can, in the next two weeks, and then I'll start training camp, and then I'll still, um, you know, be around, but um, you know, I'll be at practice half the day, and then I'll be doing my my you know job at night, and um, it's just all about time management and balance. But um, but yeah, next week I'm excited because I'll be able to be around. We training since training camp is pushed back a week. That means one more week that I, I can come to some of the workouts and, and see how things are going and kind of just um, just be there. So that's going to be really fun. It's going to be a, a fun two weeks with that uh, for sure. You're a pretty patient person. I mean, what I'm, what I'm getting at is your teammates with the Lynx, you are the best players in the world. You are one of the best players in the world. These girls can't do what you can do on the basketball court. So you're going to have to be patient. They're going to be doing things, and you're like, why don't they get this drill? Why can't they do this? Why can't they do that? Have you thought about that? Um, you know, not, not a whole lot because, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll you know, cross that bridge when it comes. But, yeah, that, I think patience as a coach is a – I mean, patience and everything is huge. So I think you, I think you nailed it there. And then just, um, hey, you got to – you know, if it's whatever drill it is that we, that we can't get through, we'll, we'll keep trying to do it and then – if not, maybe it's maybe we shouldn't do that drill or something like that. Maybe it's um, you gotta you know figure out all angles and, and everything that needs to be done. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll be able to tell you that a little more as we go and probably into next season. Leave me with this. I mean, how great of a time is it right now for Gophers Athletics? I mean, you've been over to the new Athletes Village. I mean, think about the new practice facility that you have. That was one of the moments when I was like, "Is this happening? This is where." My office. I just. I've never had an office, and then to have that in that, you know, with the practice court is just unbelievable. So it's uh, it's really, really um, a great place for our our student athletes to work out and come to come to work every day after their um, after their classes and come and get workouts in. It's it's really really special. So it's um, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, and um, it's amazing what they did over there. It's really it's really it's really special. That was recorded late last week, so off-season workouts are underway. So Lindsay balancing back and forth, Mayo Clinic Square, getting Lynx workouts in with watching her players progress over at the new Gophers Athletes Village. A reminder from what I mentioned earlier in this podcast, in case you fast-forward just to the conversation with Lindsay, a coach from Mississippi State and assistant Carly Thibault. I don't know how you say her last name, T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T, I hear she is very much on Whalen's radar to join the staff. In fact, momentum is moving in the direction of Carly joining the Gopher staff. All right, let's get to wild defenseman Ryan Suter. He had the very serious surgery just a couple weeks ago. Owner Craig Leopold went with Suter to Green Bay for the surgery. Why did they go to Green Bay? Because it is such a comprehensive surgery that he underwent that there was some doubt from some doctors in the Twin Cities metropolitan area about being able to do the surgery. That's how serious this injury is. So Joe Schmidt, my colleague, my good friend from Channel 5, went to Ryan Suter's house a few days ago. He got the first on-camera interview with Suter. Here is Joe's conversation with wild defenseman Ryan Suter. How are you? How are you feeling? Feel good. Um, 
obviously it's disappointing that that this happened and just terrible timing but I mean for the most part feel feel pretty good and um, just wish I could be out there you know helping uh, helping the, the guys you know go for what we we set out to go for I can imagine I mean you have been so healthy for so long that this had to be a shock yeah um, I've, I've been pretty fortunate um, haven't really had any serious injuries obviously throughout the year you have you have different things um, bro- broken ribs fingers toes things like that but nothing uh, nothing major like this and it's uh, devastating but um, I know that that I'll be back and I'll be back stronger than than ever before um, have you looked at the replay I have and it it doesn't do it justice. I don't think. I mean, I f- right when I hit the wall, I felt I I was like kind of shocked with how hard my foot hit the wall. Um, and when you watch it, it just looks like you kind of bumped into it a little bit. And, and it's a play that probably happens, you know, ten, fifteen times a game where you you hit your foot on the wall or you you run into the boards or you know just those different collisions you have. I was going to say it just—it was kind of a rare thing, right? You just caught an edge. Yeah, it. Uh, I think I was kind of pushed right at the last second there. Um, I think I was planning on going around the net, and then he kind of hit my hips, and it just pushed me into the to the boards, um, and just a, a fluky, fluky injury. I mean, to, at first we thought it was my fibula, and okay, you can deal with that. A couple of weeks, I'll be back, and no big deal, but. Um, it just didn't feel right, and then eventually we got a, uh, a MRI and a, a CT scan, and it showed that uh, it was a pretty major, major injury. How how rare is this injury in hockey? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I I I've never. I haven't talked to anybody who's who's gone through this in hockey. Um, the doctors would would tell me that it was you know something that they see more of in basic in car accidents and and those type of of trauma situations uh we actually contemplated uh going to see a trauma surgeon to do the surgery because he's used to doing that um so we were going back and forth with the a trauma surgeon and um, a, a foot and ankle specialist and we decided to to try to do a little less invasive um, because I, I guess the big fear right now is um, if the blood flow is compromised, then that bone could die and then it could be the end. So uh, we just wanted to, to do as minimal of a surgery as possible, we put a couple of screws in and um, just kind of sitting back and, and waiting now. And how much anxiety is that? I mean, it's so early right now. It's it's we're not even a week in, um, so it uh, it's it it hasn't been that bad, uh, you know. Just with all the, the different things going on right now and, and getting ready for playoffs, I'm trying to, you know, all, guys are texting me every day at all hours of the day, just checking in. So like it uh, it doesn't seem bad now, but I'm sure, you know, keeping this cast on for four weeks and then not being able to walk on it for for three months uh is 
it might get a little more challenging, but I'll, uh, it could always be worse. That's that's what I keep telling myself. I, I mean, my wife's pregnant. She's due in, in three weeks, and I'm uh, two weeks actually now. So we, uh, you just have to you know count your blessings and, and think positive thoughts and worry about uh, other things, I guess. So tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Yep. How tough is that going to be to turn the TV yeah. on? I mean, it's uh, missing the, the last couple of practices and the meetings leading up to it. I've kind of already set my mind on I'm not going to be there. So um, tomorrow night I'm excited. I'm excited for those guys. I think it's going to be a great series. I think uh, obviously Winnipeg has, has a great team, and, and our guys, when we play good, we're, we're a solid team. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I I wish nothing but the best. I, I want to see these guys win. The timing is just brutal, though. I mean, just I mean, if, you, if it happened earlier in the season, you might have a chance to come back. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but I mean, who knows? Maybe something else changes then. And yeah, yeah, yeah it, it it doesn't do any good to to waste time worrying about those type of things. Did your Did your dad ever have major injuries? Do you remember? Yeah, and actually in the eighty. Uh, in the Olympics in 80 when they won it he broke his ankle I think uh, maybe a month before the Olympics and uh, my grandpa was telling me they would have to stitch the side of his skate put his foot in and then he'd tie it together like so he was tougher than I was obviously (laughs) (laughs) so so you have some of your dad's toughness uh, I don't think I have any of his If, if my dad this happened to my dad he'd probably say just go play but I don't know what bone he broke, so yeah. it could have been just the the fibula there. So, yeah. Yeah. so I would have done it too. Um, you you were telling me that you have a relationship with a family in Humboldt, kind of by circumstance. Yeah, it's it's just awful that what what happened up there um, to those those kids and those families. You just when when you first hear about it, it just I mean you don't know what to say you don't know what to think and you think back to we all used to ride the bus when we were younger playing juniors and our kids are are playing hockey and could potentially play junior hockey and ride the bus and um yeah when I when I found out uh this kid you know looked up to me as as a player I was uh you know I I was in shock to be honest with you I I, you don't think about that when you when you're playing you're in your everyday routine you're just showing up to the rink working hard and you leave the rink go home and try to be a, a dad and you don't really think about the impact you have on people and it's uh it's just a, a a terrible thing and if I can bring any comfort whatsoever to to that family I'm going to do everything in my power too so have you reached out to the family yeah i uh i reached out to to the family and you know just sent my deepest condolences and um just told them i'm, I'm thinking of their family and, and praying for their family and uh just an awful 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 thing the next four months you're, you're not going to be able to do much huh yeah, I I, uh, I tried doing some push-ups yesterday with my legs on the bed. Um, I just you, you try to find things to keep you busy, and um, it's only been five days, and uh, the next next little while here is is going to be challenging. But 
like I said, it could always be worse, and um, this is just an, an obstacle, and I'm going to overcome this obstacle. Wild defenseman Ryan Suter with my Channel 5 colleague, my boss, Joe Schmidt. That interview was done at Suter's house the day before Game 1 of the series against Winnipeg. As we record this on Tuesday afternoon, the 17th of April, tonight would be Game 4 of the Wild and Jet series with Winnipeg up. Two games to one. Game four at XL Energy Center, where the Wild play great hockey. Second best regular season record at home behind the Winnipeg Jets. So maybe we are looking at every game being won by the home team. We are done. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 140. We always appreciate you checking us out when you have so many options.